Thank you, Pastor Shannon. Right. Yep. Well, God is good. Amen. I'll tell you what, I, I, um, sometimes you just hear songs that take you back to your childhood. I could have seen God is good all day today. We could have gone home and that would have been great, right? Because he is. Amen. Um, <clears throat> before we get started, a couple of things I want to share with you real quick. Um, um, if you are interested in following our ministry on YouTube, we, we just really haven't worked that very well, but this year we're going to start doing so, and uh, we're working with some people who know what they're doing, so we're expecting that's going to grow this year, so we'll go from hopefully 61 subscribers to at least 100. <laughs> Got to start somewhere, right? So anyways, um, if, they're gonna, if you guys want to go ahead and put that up, there is a cue card here that if you guys, you guys have that graphic back? There, nope, that's that. Well, we'll just talk about this one first. This is a different one. Yeah, oh, there it is. So if you guys want to follow us on YouTube uh, and share it, you can just literally look up Brian Estery Ministries or you can use that QR code right there. Uh, we are going to be showing a lot of miracle footage as well as uh, teaching, free teaching as well too, and eventually into podcasting. So uh, we're believing God to step out and do a lot more online because we realize that there's a generation that we can reach online, amen? And so, and then also, um, if you want to go back to the other one you had, this is a free gift that uh, I taught in the studio. It's about 10 to 12 minutes each teaching. It's four teachings. And uh, what it is about is, is I really had it in my heart to teach and minister to people who are really struggling to walk out healing in their life. Has anybody ever been there before? Oh, yeah. I think we all have in some area. And so it's really, it's really aimed at those that are dealing with terminal diseases or chronic diseases or just been suffering with things for a long time. How many know it's real easy for us to just begin to settle and allow some things there that God doesn't intend for us to have? Right. Yes. Amen? And so uh, this teaching is based off four important things that the Holy Spirit ministered to my heart uh, when I was going through uh, two autoimmune diseases that... Uh, was taking a very long time to get healed from. As a matter of fact, it was about a seven-year walkout in my life. And that was unusual because normally when I've been sick, I get healed very quickly. And this was tough. And so it's not only uh, from what we see from the Word of God, first of all and, and foremost, but also from my personal experience and what God shared, shared me and, and showed me that eventually allowed me to walk out health and wholeness. So if you are struggling in any area of your life, and this doesn't have to apply just to healing, by the way. This could be in any area you're believing God, finances, whatever it might be. Or you know someone, if you just scan that QR code, it's going to give you a place where you can sign up by your email, and then, they will, we will, then it will send you those teachings. So anyways, that's some of the preliminary things I want to do this morning. I don't want to take a long time on that. But tonight, um, I want to encourage you guys. Uh, there is a mandate on our ministry, and the first mandate is to reach the lost and reach the unreached. And the second mandate is to teach the body of Christ how to evangelize the world. Because as much crusading we do around the world, we will never reach the world alone. It's just not possible. I worked for 10 years in India. And in that time frame in India, seen over 2 million people come to Christ, and we planted somewhere around 600 churches in villages that had no gospel work there. The nation grew by 100 million people. As you can see, we weren't gaining ground. And so how many of you guys know that the United States is ripe and ready to be reached? We live in a generation right now that does not know the gospel. And I know everybody on Facebook in the Christian world wants to keep preaching sin, but that's not the answer. Preach Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
And so anyways, uh, uh, I, uh, Miracle Lifestyle University is literally 25 years, coming into 25 years of miracle ministry uh, that God has done through this ministry. And I want to teach you the seven most important things that God has taught me over the years that I promise you will get you results when you minister to someone. Amen? It, it means when you lay hands on a blind person, their eyes will open and deaf ears will open and, and miracles will take place. Uh, just yesterday, uh, our, our, Lucas, our son, uh, I was at a birthday party and, and one of his basketball teammates and one of the coaches I coach with, and they've got a daughter there that deals with some serious issues. And I had the opportunity to, to speak to him about some things and, and he's going to come to the one of the meetings and bring his daughter. Uh, listen, we need, it's all around us. You guys realize sickness and disease is all around us. And if we're not getting results, the whole body of Christ getting results, then, then you know, uh, we're not taking advantage of what the enemy means for bad. Amen? So I encourage you guys. It's every night, 630. Uh, by, by Wednesday night, I completely believe that you guys are going to be confident that God can use you. Just real quick, uh, we were in Phoenix, Arizona at Grace Church, and we did this teaching. Uh, the people came. There was a lady that has paralyzed on one side of her body due to a stroke. And we were teaching the people there how to minister to the sick. It was awesome, wasn't it? It was awesome to watch the people who just sat through the teaching minister to this lady who had been in this condition for a long time, and all the paralysis in her body immediately went away. Amen? Well, God wants to do that through you too. Amen? So the job of the evangelist is to equip you in miracle evangelism. That's our job. Amen? So anyways, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask Jennifer to share some things with you real quick before we get dig into the word. But, uh, man, I, you know, I'm like Karn. I know I did good, too. There is no doubt about it, man. I tell her she makes me look good everywhere I go. It's true, don't I? Yeah. So, Jennifer, why don't you share for a little bit because she's going to share some things that's going to fit in very well with what I want to talk about this morning. I told oh, you these morning. lights were bright. They are very bright. I think I might. Yeah, yeah, get a hold of it up here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I might step down off the stage no. with the tan. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> me too. Or a sunburn. What, yeah, one yeah. of the two. Yeah. So Brian asked me to share a little bit of my story, and I want to start off real quick by reading a few scriptures, and I'm going to go through these quickly. Um, most of them are in the Passion Translation. I bought him a Passion Translation Bible for Christmas, and I think I've kind of taken it over. Yeah, I can never but, find um, it. <laughs> Uh, so the first one I want to share is Psalm 51:10, and it says, "Keep creating in me a clean heart, fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires, ready to please you. Let my passion for life be restored, tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me. Hold me close to you with the willing spirit that obeys whatever you say." For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. You will not despise my tenderness as I bow down humbly at your feet. And we have Psalm 112. Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. Their circumstances will never shake them and others will never forget their example. They will not live in fear or dread of what may come, for their hearts are firm, ever secure in their faith. 
Galatians 5.22 tells us, there's I'm just a little snippet, it tells us that faith prevails. Psalm 27.13, and this one is, is very uh, near and dear to my heart. The Holy Spirit uh, shared this with me back in 2017 uh, when I started walking through a really hard season in my life. And it says, yet I believe with all my heart that I will see again your goodness in the land of the living. Here's what I have learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he, for he will never disappoint you. So anyway, I started with that because um, I don't know, how, you know, your time with the Lord is special. Um, it's needed. It needs to be intentional just like my time with my husband, we make it intentional. And because of that, um, I've been able to walk through some things that never saw coming. Uh, the Lord saw him coming, and he prepared me. My routine back in, in that time, um, I, I, I have two boys, uh, Lane and Mason, and I was married. And so they would go off to school, and my husband would go off to work, and I'd spend my time with the Lord. I'd get in the, I'd get in the word. I would pray. I would read over my scriptures. And on June 8, 2019, uh, my oldest son, Lane, died the day after he graduated from college, or excuse me, from high school. It was very unexpected, had no idea, didn't see it coming. But the, again, the Lord knew, and he had me prepared. I had been spending so much time in the, in the Word. And I can't even tell you, we had 20, 30 people in my home. I had, there were police officers everywhere. There were family members. There were friends. And I had to get alone with the Lord. I just, I, I could not take it any longer, and I went and sat on my couch, didn't care who heard me, didn't care who saw me, and I just threw my hands up, and I just started praising him and thanking him for his goodness, and I let him know that I knew he did not cause this, but my son is with him. He's in heaven. He's in glory. He's more alive now than he was then, Amen. and this young man who um, Lane was very well liked. He was a popular kid. I mean, we had over 800 people at his celebration of life. They were stacked four and five people deep. The overflow upstairs was um, just, there were people everywhere. And I would get messages, and honestly, I just got a message the other day. I mean, this is almost five years ago, and I got it you know, from parents saying, you know, your son, my, my daughter doesn't know your son, met him on social media, she was being bullied, and he's sharing with her. He's encouraging her. He's building her up. Other parents messaged me, my son would go to school and didn't have lunch or forgot his lunch money, and your son would go buy my child lunch. Or he was, my child was sitting alone, and your son would come over and get, get him and say, come sit with my friends. So when Lane was little, he said, Mom, will you buy me a microphone? And I said, okay, why do you want a microphone? He said, Mommy, I want to preach Jesus to my neighborhood. And so I told the Lord that day when he went home, I said, Lord, I am going to share you with as many people as I can. And because I have shared and stepped outside of myself, one reason is just to keep his, his memory alive. And so many people have messaged me saying, thank you for sharing your story. Because of you, 
I've come back to the Lord, or because of you, my, my relationship with my family has been restored. And not me, but me sharing my story and just God's goodness and his faithfulness. And then eight months after Lane passed away, uh, my late husband passed away. And so through all of that, once again, I just, I had a peace. I had a joy, you know, that, that peace unspeakable, uh, the joy unspeakable, thank you. It's real, it's tangible. Your time with the Lord is so important in not letting your heart become offended. It would have been so easy for me to say, why Lord, why me, why did this happen? You know, wah, wah, wah. Nope. God is good regardless of what you're going through. He is faithful. He will stand you back up. He will bring you through. And now I get to be married to him. <laughs> he always says, I make him look good. I'm like, no, 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 no. We make each other look good. We're going we're gonna to share in this together. So, amen. Don't you pray? pray? No. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for every person here. Father, you know every need that they have. Lord God, I thank you that their ears are open and their hearts are ready to receive. Father, I thank you that no person leaves here the way they came in. Father, anything that they are believing for, you're here to meet that need. You are a good God. You are a faithful God. And Father, we just give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, sweetie. I asked her to share that this morning, and that's just a little bit of her story. There's much more to it than that of really the horrific things that happened and then also the faithfulness of God. Everybody say this with me. God is faithful. Even when it doesn't seem like he's faithful, he's faithful to us. And so I want to preach a message this morning. It'll be the first time I've shared it. And this is a healing miracle meeting, and we will get there, but we're going to come through the back door a little bit because I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me some specific direction Uh to speak this morning to help some people that are here. And before I do, I got this word during worship. Is there anyone here? You don't, I don't want you to come up right now, but when we do later on minister to the sick, I want you to know it was called out. So you, someone here just got told that you need a liver transplant. This is recent. If that's you, when you come up later on, I want you to tell me that was you, that, that, that word was for you. The Lord is going to restore your liver without a transplant. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So anyways, <clears throat> um, I, I, what I'm telling my message this morning is, why, God, why? Has everyone ever, ever been there before? Let's just be real. Why, God, why, living free from the things that did not seem to work out? You know, one of the things that I've noticed in the healing ministry, in ministering to the sick, and we've seen so many miracles over 25 years, I can't remember. We were back in the staff meeting prior to service, and and uh, Karen was sharing some things about someone who got healed in this meeting. And, and I got asked the question if I remembered it. And I said, I think I do. But truthfully, sometimes they begin to run together. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. When you're seeing God move so much that you forget miracles, that's a, I, I can't tell you how many times I'm preaching that the Holy Spirit will bring up something I forgot I even knew. And so when you're seeing these kind of miracles, one of the most frustrating things for not only you but for me is when you see somebody who has not been healed and somebody who is still suffering. And we've all seen that before. Now listen, let me be clear this morning. The will of God was forever set in stone when Jesus did what he did at the cross. It is finished. 
Sickness and disease was the result of sin. Sin was dealt for, dealt with once and for all. So therefore, sickness and disease has been paid for as well too. And we know that to be true. And we don't question that. When the leper bowed down to Jesus and said, Lord, I know that you can. He didn't question God's ability. He didn't question what Jesus could do. He says, but are, but are you willing? He questioned the character, the heart of God. When Jesus said, I am willing, he forever told every human being that ever lives, this is my heart towards you. Amen. So we know this to be true. But how many of you guys know we live in a fallen world and sometimes some things happen that just don't make sense and there's a lot of questions to God of why? Why did grandma not make it? Why did so-and-so, I know they were believing God. Why, did they, why are they still sick? And it's easy to put our attention on those things and begin to stop counting God as faithful. Are you with me? We do that. And I'm going to show you this morning how to get past that and to set yourself free so today's a new day that your heart will be able to receive when you leave your healed. Forget the past. Forget what took place because there's not a one of us who has not been through that. I remember years ago I was doing a crusade in, in India. And in India, when you begin to preach the gospel, every demoniac that's in that field begins to manifest. And it's, it's the craziest thing. Once one begins to manifest, it's like, it's like dominoes. They all fall. They all begin to manifest. And on the very first night of this crusade, there's this lady that came, that came demonic. She runs through the crowd. She comes to the front of the platform. She hits the ground. She is screaming and pulling her hair out and foaming at the mouth. I mean, she, it's a disaster. And once she happened, then there was another three, four, five, ten. In India, one time we had 100 demoniacs manifest at one time. Someone once asked me, they said, what do you do with it? I said, I ignore it. We got the PA system. We're louder than them. If you sit there and dealt with one, you'd be dealing with them all day because they would just manifest like crazy. I just take authority over them at the end the same time I pray for the sick. And so she begins to manifest. Night one, nothing happened. She's not delivered. Night two, nothing happened. Night three, nothing happened. Every night she was the first person to manifest. All five nights of that crusade, she never did get delivered. We left that crusade and we began to travel. I'll never forget. We began to travel about 300 kilometers to the next place where we were going to start another crusade a few days later. And I was in the car and, and I thought, God, what? why? Why is this girl who's there every single day obviously there because she wants to be delivered? Why is she not delivered? I mean, it bothered my heart. Has anybody been there before? We start the opening night of the second crusade, and, I, and, and all of a sudden, sure enough, start preaching the gospel, preaching Jesus. Demon-possessed lady, she's lady stands up out of the crowd. It's like, it's like the walking dead, man. They just start stomping through everybody coming at you. I'm not. That's for real. And she comes to the front, and I look, and I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. That's the same woman that was there at the other crusade. She followed us. 250, 300 kilometers. Now, you got to understand, villagers in India, I know you guys think in India it's all high-tech because every time you get a you call somebody, they will do it. Yeah, no, it's not. That's a small percentage. 85% of the people live in the villages of 1.4 billion people. And they, they don't have electricity. I, I can tell you when we're driving to the crusade grounds, you, and, and, um, the lights are hitting the bottom of their feet. 
You can see their feet because they don't have shoes. So you got to understand, they don't leave their village. And here she is, 250, 300 kilometers down the road. And she has literally followed us because why? She was absolutely uh, dogmatic that she was going to get delivered. You know what she didn't do? She didn't go, well, that didn't work for me. I'm offended. I guess I just, it ain't my thing. See, why did I say this? Jennifer has had every reason. When I run into people who say, well, this hasn't worked for me or that hasn't worked for me, it's, it, it's not a lack of compassion because I'm absolutely compassionate on everybody. But I think, my goodness, if my watching Jennifer walk this out, and you can understand, I've known Jennifer for 22 years almost. The joke is people, because, you know, we got married in 2021. The joke is, is it took her 20 years to tell me yes. <laughs> That's not true. She was married. But, but the, the point is, is I've watched her. I was friends with Jennifer. I was friends with her late husband. I knew her son. I knew this family. And I have literally watched her walk out and trust God's faithfulness when there was a lot of questions she couldn't get the answer to. Are you following me? Yes. And her heart has never become offended. Because she doesn't question the character and the will of God. You know, some of you might know this, but uh, we've shared it on Facebook. Jennifer was born with an eye defect. In the back of her eye, there's a hole there. It didn't close up. And the doctors told her she would go blind by the time she was in her 30s. Well, it just so happens that we're in our 40s. I mean, I know we look like we're 30, but Amen. she does anyways. Amen. But... You know, it just so happens once we get married, she gets married to the healing evangelist, then the eye starts acting up. Go figure. <laughs> and she starts losing her sight in that eye. And we've been believing God that she's not going to lose her sight in that eye. And we went to the greatest specialist in Miami, and he only takes certain cases, and, and he took her case. And, and you know, he, he, it, wasn't, it was like, well, we're just going to try to see what we can do to possibly save something. Well, we're not going to stand for that. Amen. How many of you guys know that if her heart was offended from the other thing, she can't stand against this thing? Are you with me? Because it's not. She has stayed stirred up in the love of God, that God is for her. He's not against her. He's not your problem, but he's your answer. Listen, stuff happens. Crisis comes to everyone, but he is the reason we come out of it. Amen. 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 You guys believe that? I don't care what you're facing today. He is the reason. He is the problem solver. He's the one that can take you through and fix this situation and stand you up and restore your life and restore everything the enemy has taken from you if you just won't let your heart get offended. He is for you. And so this last month, we go to the doctor, and Jennifer was saying, man, I feel like I'm seeing out of this eye. Praise the Lord. We go to the doctor, and he begins to scan his eye. And these are his words, his own words. He says, now, I don't like the way he worded it, but if you saw the body language, he meant more than the way he worded it. He got the biggest grin and literally a hop in his step, and he goes, he goes, he goes, uh, how exactly did he word it, Jennifer? I just went blank. Where are you at? Yeah, he goes, this is a little miracle. Little. I thought, little? He goes, but he, he said it that way, but his body language is different. He goes, we could not have even hoped for this. Wow. Praise 
He did, he's like, I, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. Why? Because her heart never became, uh, uh, became offended at God. She was in a position to stand in his promises, and God is changing that situation around for her. Amen. He'll do the same for you. And let me tell you something. There has been plenty of people over thousands of years who've had the opportunity to be offended at God. If you would, turn your Bibles. We're going to start in Luke chapter 7. I want you to read this here. Luke chapter 7. I'm just going to read from the screen if that's okay. I, I changed up the order of the scriptures on them. So. Luke chapter 7. We're going to start in verse, verse 18. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all things. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Let's stop right here. John the Baptist, let's put some context in this. John the Baptist, in Matthew, he sees Jesus walk on the scene, and he begins to prophesy over Jesus, and this is what he says. He says, I will baptize, I baptize you with water, but the one you see now will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. You guys remember this. He's prophesying something over Jesus. He's telling people, this is the one before me. He came before me. He's declaring him the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ. And now he's in prison. He's been arrested. So I want you to understand that John went from one circumstance where he's prophesying over who Jesus is and declaring him. And not only was he declaring them, if you read when John baptized Jesus, which John did not even want to do, but Jesus said, we've got to do this to fulfill all the requirements because Jesus came to fulfill the law. Thank God we don't have to. Amen. Amen. He came to, when he says, I've got, man, I, I am not worthy of this, man. Jesus said, dude, you're going to have to do this whether you're worthy or not. He does it. And we see this manifestation of God. It says literally that the Holy Spirit begins to descend upon Jesus like a dove. I'm telling you, this wasn't something they were just seeing in the Spirit. Everybody that was there was physically witnessing what God was doing. This was open to their physical eyes. It began to descend upon him like a dove. And God himself, with his audible voice, declares in Luke chapter 3, he says, This is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Amen. Some people said, wow, this must be the Messiah. Others go, that was thunder. Because no matter what, you've got that person in the crowd. So now John has seen this. He's seen this miracles. He's prophesied over him, and he's in prison. We know the story how he ended up in prison. He's in prison, and what is he doing? His doubt has been begin to, it's begin to creep in. Why? Not what, what caused it? The circumstances which he was in. I mean, John was pretty bold. I don't, he said some things without holding much back. And I don't think in his own heart he was ever expected to be, ever in his own mind he ever thought, I'll end up in prison. I don't think he thought that was where he was going to be. Any of you ever found yourself in places you didn't think you were ever going to be? Listen, I'm going to say something to you that they don't teach you most of the time nowadays, I mean, most places, is obeying God sometimes means there's some difficult things. 
I one time heard a preacher say, well, if you're in the will of God, then everything's going to go right. Then poor old Paul must have just really been out of the will of God all the time. I mean, he constantly had things going wrong. One preacher said, well, you know, if Paul understood faith the way we understood it, then he wouldn't have went through those things. Are, are, are you kidding me? It was the faith that brought him through. I, I want you to understand something. Faith is not the escape of a fallen world. It's, it, it is the vehicle to get through it all. You can't faith everything to go right all the time, but you can trust God in the midst of the storms that you're going to get through it. Amen? Amen. But if you get fended at God, you're going to get stuck. So John says, he says, he says, he sends his disciples. Why? Because he's, he's like, man, am I in prison for no reason here? Did I declare the wrong guy? Did I miss it? John, calling to his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? I just want you to see how quickly the heart can flip. The same one prophesying over Jesus is now questioning the very thing he prophesied. This is the reason why Proverbs tells us that to guard our heart with all diligence. Next verse. When the man had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of the infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. I love this. You know what I love about this? Is Jesus doesn't actually say, Yes, I'm the one. What he says and what he does is he points back to what the scripture prophesied about him. He says, John, he doesn't go, hey, John, remember the word you had over me? Mm -mm. See, if you're living off words all the time, you're in trouble. We got people chasing, pro and I love the gift of prophecy. I believe in it. It is but if you chasing after prophecy all the time to figure out what God's plan is for your life and your will for your life, you are standing on shaky ground. Amen. Jesus did not say to John, go remind John what he prophesied over me. Yeah. What he did say to John, what he did do was he demonstrated to John's disciples what the scripture prophesied the Messiah was going to do. He pointed John's heart back to, what does the word say? Yes. See, we're so easily pulled by life circumstances. And God doesn't, we, 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 we even have whole denominations that create doctrine based off life circumstances and over what the word of God says. Right. Are you with me this morning? Yes. He says, John, he says, go and tell John the things you've seen and heard, what is this? The very things that John knows that is in the scripture about me. He said that you heard that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Let me tell you what God's saying to you this morning. Forget the circumstance. Forget who didn't work for. Forget who's been believing for so many years it didn't happen. And put your heart position back on what does my word say to you. Jesus doesn't stop this. Look at the very next verse. 
He says, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus say, blessed is he who is offended, who is not offended because of me? I just got a Facebook message from a former youth pastor that I know. And in that Facebook message, he, you know, I won't go into all the details. He began to share with me that he was having a hard time with God because things that he was believing God for hadn't happened. It was sincere. It was legit. He was having a hard time. And he says, can you just explain to me why sometimes these things don't work? And I gave him a very spiritual answer. I said, I have no clue. <laughs> but one thing I do know is I don't go ask God why. That's the wrong question. We're going to talk about that this morning. We ask God what? That's the right question. So literally five minutes later, I get another message from somebody that I went to elementary school. He was a basketball teammate of mine, first and second grade. Back when we played youth basketball in first grade, we played on the 10-foot rim. Nobody could shoot it that high, <laughs> except for Matt McMillan. He was the only kid that could just throw the ball up there, so he was the best player on our team. <laughs> By the third or fourth grade, he was still just throwing the ball up there, and he was no longer playing on the team. <laughs> but I got a message from Matt who I won't go through the hell he's going through. But the doctors have given him no hope that he's going to die. And he's telling me the story of everything he's went through. He, it, it was COVID-related. All the organs begin to shut down. Things begin to happen. He's a young man. He's in his 40s. And, and, and he said, and this was what he said to me. He said, but in the middle of it, I rejoice. And I thank God because this trial has made brought me closer to my wife and kids than anything else. Now, it was not God that put the trial on them. I, I, I want you to understand that. That comes from the devil. But Matt's heart didn't become offended. And he, instead focusing on everything going wrong, said, look where we're at now. And I said, how can I pray for you? He says, well, I want to believe God for healing. Well, let's do it. I want you to see how two people can be going through circumstances and how offense. So when Jesus says, blessed is those who are not offended because of me, he's saying, hey, just because it didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out, when you thought it was going to work out, don't become offended at me because if you don't become offended at me, it's still going to work out. Amen. Are you following me this morning? Am I making sense? But if you become offended at me, it can't work out. Why? I'm going to say something to you very important. You cannot receive from what you do not honor. And you cannot honor what you're offended at. Are you with me this morning? The enemy would love to get you offended. As a matter of fact, the very first sin that ever happened in the garden was due to offense. Has God said you can't eat of this? Well, we can eat it. We can eat it at the tree of the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, God is holding out on you. The offense came. When the offense came, she walked out of her identity because she was already like God, created in his image and his likeness. For God knows the day you eat of it, you'll be like him. She was already like him. 
but he offended Eve's first sin. I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, the church is full of offense. That's why the church is not full of, of results. Can I say that in a grace church? Yes. Okay. Because you can't honor what you're offended at. It's not possible. That's why the enemy constantly wants to keep you offended at one another and ultimately offended at God. I once heard Ted Turner say the reason why he was an atheist because, you know, he grew up Pentecostal. And he said he became an atheist because I think he had a sister, if that was right. I could, you could look this up and Google it. I might have it wrong. But I think he had a sister, sister that died of cancer. And in his religious upbringing, people said, well, you know, God had a plan in this, and, he was, and there's a blessing in this. And at 12 years old, he became offended at God based off a religious lie and said, if that's who God is, then he can't exist and is still an atheist to this day. So Jesus is saying clearly here, he says, quite, he says, if those who are not offended at me. See, John, John was facing a real, and you know what's interesting about this? Is in, in the natural, he kind of had a right to be offended. I put my neck on the line for you, now I'm in prison. As far as human reasoning goes. Now, uh, let's just be honest. Anybody in here had, had some moments in your life that you were mad at God? Yeah. Come on, let's all be real. Yeah. But it's getting our heart right. Yeah. Go over to Mark chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 14. I want you to see this here. Actually, Mark chapter 6. Let's start here. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 1. We all know this story, but let's just read it here. Matthew 6, 1. Say this with me. I refuse, I refuse to, be to be offended at circumstances, at circumstances that, I do not that I do not understand. Man, the devil wants you to sit there. He wants you to stew on that because he knows if he can get you thinking on that, you won't be looking at the Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Matthew 6, 1. Take heed that you do not... No, that's uh, Mark 6. I apologize. I did write Matthew. Mark 6. We, can you find that for me real quick? Mark 6, 1. And he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Verse 2, we're going to read quickly. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in their synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are done, performed by his hands? Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country among his own relatives and his own house. Now, he could do no mighty works there. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus. If Jesus couldn't do mighty works there because of their offense, I hope you see the importance of why we aren't supposed to have an offended heart. 
He could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He still got some results with the few there that were not corrupted by the offense. But he didn't get the results that he was used to. Their offense was simply that we know this guy. It's what Pastor was saying. I, if you're pulling on Brian, good luck. My family's here. My wife's here. My son's here. My parents are here. They, they know me. I'm just a, I'm, I'm, I'm not that, I'm kind of a clown, honestly. I'm not very serious. I'm the person that always laughs at the wrong time. You know, says things that probably you shouldn't say just to get a rise out of people. I'm always praying for people when I'm driving. After I cursed them. The Lord's working on my patience there, but I do live in Tampa, Florida. It's only second to Miami, and it's not far off. Driving. No. Say this with me. Offense is not who I am. I don't care what's happened. You know, I was, years ago, I was in Matamoros, Mexico, and I was preaching a meeting there. And I had this friend of mine who was really a mentor by the name of Steve Muse. And him and I used to travel over South Texas and Mexico. And he was a gringo. He was white. But man, he spoke Spanish so beautiful. And he would always interpret for me. He believed in me when I was 19 years old. And, and God used him to really help start my ministry. One of the people, I mean, he would invite me in. And, and uh, for instance, one time uh, there was a big conference with, you know, for me, it was huge at the time, 5,000 people, and he asked me to come and speak in that conference. What I didn't know was he was actually the scheduled speaker, but he gave up his spot and brought me in and interpreted for me. Wow. And so Steve was someone who was very dear to me, and we were preaching one time together, and, and uh, I, I had a word of knowledge at the end of service, and, uh, and I said, there's somebody here that Thursday you got diagnosed with colon cancer that's moved up to your liver, and the doctors are saying it's stage four. And I said, this was Thursday, just last week, Thursday. This, you got this report. And so anyways, uh, uh, nobody came up, and I thought the next night was another healing night. and We'd had great miracles, and that was the end. I actually closed the service and then reopened it, uh, take the microphone back up, and I thought, well, that's a way to just mess up the meeting. And then next thing I know, Steve, he's interpreting for me. He puts his microphone down. He stands in front of me, and he goes, it's me. I go, it's you. He goes, yeah, Thursday, uh, report. I didn't want to say anything to you because uh, I wanted to see what God was going to say to you or through you. And he goes, Thursday, this happened. I prayed for him. The power of God hit him. He went flying back. He goes back to the doctor. He calls me a few weeks later, and he says, man, this is awesome. The doctor says all the cancer in my liver has gone. The cancer of my uh, uh, colon's gone. He said, he explained it like this. The doctor wants to put me on chemo uh, just in case. <laughs> and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, tell him the chemo will kill him. Yeah. And I didn't say it. I'm 21 years old. He's, he's 46 years old. I look up to him. Listen, it's one thing to be bold when you're in your gifting, your anointing in the pulpit. It's another thing when he's your mentor and you're talking to him on the phone. 
You follow me? Yeah. Nowadays, I would say it, but at that time, I, and I should have been. There's no excuse. Well, long story short, this goes on and goes on. Cancer never comes back. The chemo ends up, he ends up, the chemo they put him on ends up causing his stomach to fill up with fluid. The fluid puts pressure on his heart. He gets up to use the bathroom one night in the middle of the night. So much pressure on his heart, his heart goes into cardiac arrest and he dies. He died from chemo. And so I, I and, and this was really hard because this guy had been healed of something. He had got, in Mexico, he had a prone tick blow up. And it set his back on fire. And he, he came out. He almost didn't survive that. And he was up preaching one day. And it was like, he said, the wind blowed across his back. And he's like, wow, what is that? And all the scarring in his back and his tissue was completely healed. So we'd seen Steve live through things. This guy knew how to stand in faith. And so here we are now. And I'm at the funeral. Matter of fact, his wife asked me to speak in it. And everyone's going, well, I, you know, Steve, he was a man of faith. If anyone knew how to believe God, it was Steve. So, you know, I, people are literally going, I, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I don't, can't explain this one, you know. And they were saying that maybe God just didn't want to heal him. And here I am living with the secret going, no, the Lord warned me. And my, my, I wouldn't open my mouth and say anything to him. Here's my point. You don't always know what's going on, folks. And so I sit at the kitchen table with his wife after that service, and she's in tears, and I'm talking to her, and she says to me, I know what the Bible says, and I know we went to Ramah, and we know this, but, you know, God obviously just didn't want to heal Steve this time. I'm sorry, but you can't tell me any different. I'm going, no, it's my fault. So years later, I finally called her up one day, and I'm talking like, 15 years later, I'm like, I got to tell her. And I called her up and I said this to her. I said, Janine, I said, I want to tell you something. And I told her the whole story. And I said, I am so sorry. I go, but God's will was not for Steve to die. And she said this to me. I'm telling you this right now because we don't base our life off circumstances. Do not focus on what did not work or what it didn't work for somebody else. Focus on Jesus. So she says, I tell her the whole thing, and she goes, oh, Brian. And by the way, she'd remarried and has a great life, and God's restored her life. She goes, oh, Brian, you don't even have to tell me that. I said, I needed to let you know. She goes, Brian, the Lord was telling Steve the same thing. And I told Steve, he goes, it's my fault. I said, Steve. I'm your wife, and I just don't feel comfortable if you don't listen to the doctors, do it anyway. She goes, I should have listened. Wow. Here's the whole point. Maybe if I would have said it, that would have been enough to push them over the hump. Maybe so. But people will look at that situation and go, where was God? And he was right in the middle of it, but people were not being obedient. Are you with me? Am I helping you guys this morning? Amen. Say this. I'm not... I'm not going to be offended, going to be offended over, the past, over the past, over things dragging out, over, dragging over, current, circumstances. over current circumstances. But I'm going to look. Gonna look. It says Jesus, Jesus healed, the healed the blind, delivered people, delivered preached the gospel to the poor. He is who he says he is, he is and he is who he says he is, he is. to me he is. right now right. in this circumstance. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. 
Mark chapter 9. You guys with me? You gone home. Mark chapter 9. Let's look at this. Start in verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and the scribes disputing with them. Let's give you some context. Jesus just went to the Mount of Transfiguration. He takes up three of the disciples with him, one of them being Peter. And when this manifestation of Jesus being transfigured, it says that he began to glow with the glory of God from the inside out. Everybody say inside out. Okay, well, there was another time that somebody was on the mountain and there was a glory of God. Remember this? Moses, right? But Moses says that the glory shone upon him. It was like Moses was the moon. He was a reflection. Jesus was the sun. He was putting it off. All right, what was that? That's exactly what we got today. We got a glory within, amen? amen? And it says that that glory, when Moses came off that mountain, the people could not look at him. Why? Because it said that they were condemned and not worthy. When Jesus came off the mountain of transfiguration, it says the people ran to him because the glory of the New Testament says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Are you with me? And so he comes off this, and I love Peter because Peter literally, uh, Moses shows up and Elijah shows up, and, and Peter's like, man, it is good to be here. Captain Obvious. So Peter says this, and he goes, let's build a tabernacle for Moses, and let's build a tabernacle for Elijah, and, and let's build one for Jesus. And then all of a sudden, God's like, no, Peter, we're having none of that. I'm going to get rid of Moses and Elijah right now. He says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. What was he saying? He said, hey, Peter, quit looking to the old covenant and quit looking to the prophets. Look into the one that's in front of you because he's the fulfillment of it all. Amen. Are you with me? So it's a picture of the New Testament. Jesus comes down from this mountain. And this just happens. And when Jesus comes down there, the other nine disciples, it says this, and when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Everybody say scribes. The scribes are a little bit of a pain. They, liked, they, 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 uh, they were close to the Pharisees and they were always recording everything and, and uh, they were a little religious. And I love that word disputing. Disputing usually uh, is not referring to, let's have a nice debate and conversation here. So what are they disputing about most likely? Most likely, I think it's a safe assumption. I don't like preaching assumptions, but I think this one's pretty safe. That they were probably disputing with the disciples about who, if Jesus really was who they, they said he was. Amen. Next verse. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. Why? Because the glory of God. The goodness of God draws people. This is why people always want to preach sin on Facebook. I'm like, listen, you know what the world does when you preach sin? They tune you out. Do you know what you do when you preach Jesus and him crucified? I want to hear that. The gospel is what, you say we should never talk about sin? I didn't say that. But what I did say was this. If your gospel is only about sin all the time, I'm not sure you got the gospel yet. Amen. Jesus came to deal with the sin problem. Amen. See, under the old covenant, sin separated from your sins. Under the new covenant, Jesus has separated us from our sin. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. God, was not, God was in Christ not holding the what? Sins of the world against them. Right. Not imputing the sins against them. And has given us the word of reconciliation. Amen? Oh, it got quiet in here. It shouldn't get quiet in this church. You guys got this. 
Oh, I know our culture is sinful. There's no doubt about it. But I've never yet seen where preachers. I've never seen the guy on the corner with a sign telling people turn or burn ever reach anyone. I just haven't. Now, I, we did hear someone recently that had the greatest message I've ever heard on the street corner. We were at it going to a Bucks game, Jennifer, Lucas, and I. And there was literally a guy there that said, some of you, what was it, Jennifer? Where are you at? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, some of you, what was it? Lucas, what was it? He's not, can you say it? Oh, he goes, he goes, some of you used to have dreams and visions and some of you and all. And he goes, but because of that wife, you don't anymore. <laughs> I'm like, man, I think this guy must have had a bad experience. <laughs> I think he was recovering from divorce, maybe. I thought, I've never heard that in the streets preached. Anyways, what I'm saying here was is that it doesn't, it doesn't work. So Jesus says they see him and they run to him. Why would they run to him? Because the goodness of God is in Christ. And he asked the scribes, I love Jesus. He's, so, he's just so kind here. He's pouring some water and hot coals. They're disputing. He doesn't just spit back. He just says, hey, scribes, what you guys discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Now, the Bible doesn't say that the father is a scribe, but we at least know he's around him. And how many of you guys know that uh, offense is easily picked up? Oh, come on. Man, I, I'm telling you, don't, there's one thing I don't allow around me is gossip. I don't like it. I shut it down. I hate it because I know me. If I listen to gossip, I, I'll know so, I won't even know somebody and can't stand it by the end. <laughs> what's wrong with them? I don't know what's wrong with this person. I, I, I'll go get the shovel. Let's go. <laughs> that was before Brian was redeemed. Well, let me be clear. I never did that. I don't want to go to prison here. All right. He says... So we know that he's around him, and, when, and it says, whenever it sees him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Listen, that's words of challenge. I spoke that they should, but they could not. What did I say? What you don't honor, you cannot receive from. How many of you guys know that if you don't honor the teaching gift and pastoral gift and Pastor Shannon and Karin, you can't receive from them? When Pastor Greg Moore is here, if you don't honor the giftings that are in him, you can't receive from him. It is impossible to receive what God already has for you in place with no honor. He said, I spoke to your disciples. They should cast it out, but they could not. Jesus then says this. He answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Who was the faithless generation? It was the disciples, true, because of what they were dealing with, they didn't know how to deal with it, but it was the Father and the scribes around him. 
Then they brought, brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Now this thing is manifesting. I don't know whether it manifested before, but it's definitely manifesting now. And listen to what happens here. So Jesus is speaking here, and he says, he, he says, so this happens. So what did, Jesus immediately jumps into emergency tongues. <laughs> No. I want you to see what Jesus does. You think the problem is the demon or the problem is the son that's demon possessed, and Jesus ignores the manifestation. He turns around, and who is he talking to? Because he knew the issue was a lack of honor from the Father. Are, are you following me? In other words, Jesus could not deliver that demon-possessed boy any more than the disciples could have if he didn't get the father on board. That's right. Are you following me? That's why he's dealing with the father. He says, so he asked his father, how long has it been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he throws him both in the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, there is a change of language here. Remember, I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, and they could not. Now he says, but if you can. Here's my belief. This is just Brian theology, which means it's not good theology. <laughs> but it's my belief. My belief is when the disciples were dealing with this demon, the demon was staying hidden because he knew they wouldn't know what to do. That he, knew, he knew he had him fooled. But as soon as Jesus came on the scene, coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, the glory of God shining on him, this devil begins to manifest, and I think when the devil begins to manifest, it begins to pull on the Father's heart. It no, matter, it no longer mattered to be right. It mattered again to get his son delivered. Are you following me? So his heart begins to change. Jesus deals with the issue here because if the Father will not honor him in who he is, talking about Jesus, then Jesus has no authority to move in his son's life. Are you guys following me this morning? Is this helping anyone? And, he all, and Jesus said if, you, he said, if you can do anything, please help us. Jesus then says, and I talked about this last time when I preached. I preached out of this as well, but I'm bringing out some different points this time. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. See, to me, this just confirms that the father was not in belief. But then the father gets really honest with Jesus. And I preached on this last time about taking the false pretense of faith off. Take the pressure off that God just needs a little bit of faith from you, not like this mountain faith. Remember that? Yeah, Jesus says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Then Jesus set him down and said, we're going to go through 12 steps and how to have greater faith. No. No, when Jesus saw that, the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. I want you to see something here. He just needed the father to honor Jesus speaking here, needed the father to honor what was in Jesus. That's all God needs from you. He's saying, forget the circumstances. Don't be offended by them. I'm not your reasoning. I'm not withholding from you. Are you following me? Listen to me carefully. God is not withholding healing from you. Amen. But, but you don't understand. I, I'm going to say it again. God is not withholding healing from you. He is not your problem. He is never your reasoning that you are not walking out what the scripture says. 
Well, are you saying it's my fault? I'm not even saying that either. Relax. That's for another message another day. I can only cover so much in about an hour. When it comes to walking into the redemptive covenant rights as believers, it is so simple but can be complicated because our reasoning gets involved. But he is not the reason that you've struggled. And this morning, I'm declaring to you, is your day to see the faithfulness of God towards you. All he's saying is, is just give me a, don't be offended, just get, show me a little bit of honor. I'll do this for you. I, I, I hope, I'm, I feel like you guys, I'm a little like, plug, are you guys with me this morning? So Jesus delivers this boy. And then, you know, we read in the end there when these disciples said, why couldn't we cast it out? You know what I love about Jesus? He never gave anybody a direct answer. Never. He was always messing with people. That's the reason why the Bible is written the way it's written. If the Bible was written like a textbook, it would have no power to change you because you could understand it at the intellectual level. It's written like a puzzle that the Holy Ghost puts together because when that happens, that changes you at the heart level. The dots begin to connect, and you realize, that ain't my brain because I ain't that smart. <laughs> but it comes alive to you. It's the living word. Why is it the living word? Because the Holy Spirit's in it and on it and in you. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Are you following me? The word of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy word of God is spiritual. What's in you is spiritual. The spirit of God within you and the spirit of God that's on the scripture comes together, comparing one another, and revelation knowledge begins to take place. And revelation knowledge is the key to transformation. But if you don't act upon it, it's nothing but illumination. We take it from illumination to revelation when we begin to act upon it. And what you don't act upon, you're not honoring. And I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to show you how this whole thing works. And what you don't act upon, you eventually forget. God illuminates it. You don't act upon it. You forget it. He re-illuminates. You don't act on it. You forget it. He Because he is long-suffering, man. He keeps illuminating and illuminating. And finally, one day, you go, you know, maybe I ought to act on that. And you act on it, and you see God move. Now that becomes revelation. How do I know it's revelation? When you can speak with authority and tell somebody what you know and what you, what you have actually lived out, that's revelation. Otherwise, it's just illumination. Are you following me? God wants to bring you to a place of revelation where it's just not what he's done in you. It's what he's doing through you to others. Are, are you with me? Say this, I am not, I am not offended. offended. God is faithful. faithful. Naaman the leopard, we won't turn there. Second Kings, we know this story. He has leprosy, he's a valor warrior, he's a great warrior. The king of Syria says, man, take, he, he hears there's, a, there's a, a prophet in Israel. He sends Naaman there with a letter. The king of Israel gets upset. He gets offended. He goes, what is, am I, am I a God to make men live or die? Somehow word travels through the kingdom and gets to Elisha. And Elisha says, oh, no, 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 bring them to me. I want you to bring them to me because uh, I want all of those in Syria to know that there is a true living God that lives in Israel. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah. Naaman comes to the door and Elisha doesn't even meet him at the door. He sends his servant. He says, hey, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. 
Naaman walks away and he goes, who's this guy think he is? Does he know who I am? He's offended. How many of you guys know if he didn't have his servants, Naaman's servant didn't speak up and say, Father, if he would, you'd have told you to do something great. Because Naaman wanted him to wave his hand and do this and do that. And, and he goes, if he would have told you to do something great, would you have done it? He goes, just go do what the man of God says. Amen. See, the question isn't why God, why? It's what? Yeah. The question to the miraculous, listen to this. I'm going to talk a lot about this the week coming up. The question to the miraculous is not why is it not working? It's what do I do? Listen, you can write this down in your notes if you're taking them. We're going to talk about it a lot this week coming up. But obedience to the command of faith is the catalyst to the supernatural. I'm going to say it again. Obedience to the command of faith is the, the catalyst to the supernatural, the miraculous. The devil loves to get us in the whys because as long as we keep asking God why, we're asking the wrong question. And God wants to ask what because in the what is the place where we're going to find the manifestation. Yes. Are you following me this morning? Yes. Psalms chapter 78, 41 says, again, again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they tempt God? Did they tempt God through their sin? Did they tempt God through, through something of that? No. It says because they forgot about the times of what God did to, to deliver them. Here's the challenge for us. Let's not think about the whys. Let's think about remembering the times of what God has done. And I've determined to know this at this point. What I see here is this, and that is, what I see is this. My mind will be set not on what did not work, but my mind will continue and my heart will continue to be set on everything I've seen God do in his faithfulness. And if I never understand the whys on the things that didn't work, it's not going to matter in heaven anyways, is it? But while I'm here on earth, i got to put my mind on something. It's on his faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Amen. That girl, the demon-possessed girl, remember I started with this story? Second crusade. First night, nothing. Second night, still demon-possessed. Third night, I'm preaching the gospel. She's in front of me. She's throwing demonic fits. All of a sudden, she just comes to herself. She starts looking around, gets up, walks away. That night, I knew she was going to be the testimony line. She was not. Fourth night, Saturday night, preaching the crusade. She's not there. No manifestation. Testimony line, I look over, and she's in the line. She was sold into temple sexual prostitution at 12 years old. She was 25 years old and had finally escaped. Every night from the time she was sold into that, she would have a manifestation of come in her room that would rape her. This was her testimony. I didn't know much about the Christian God Jesus. But I knew that when he got about when they got up there and began to talk about Jesus, what was in me wanted to leave. So I ran to the front. 
She said, I got delivered yesterday, but I didn't want to testify until I went to sleep last night and knew it didn't come back. Last night it never came back. She never allowed her heart to get offended. You say, well, she didn't. We were preaching every night that God's will was to heal all of them. Amen. Stand to your feet. Does this help you guys this morning? Amen. Say this with me. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is not my problem. He is not my problem. Let's just pray this right now. Father, repeat after me. Father, Father I, just I just let go of any questioning, any inch of offense. I trust you. I allow you to move in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I really hope this helped you today. It's totally outside anything I normally preach. If you want the other stuff, you've got to come back the rest of the week. But I really felt led by the Spirit of God to talk about this this morning. I believe it's a real thing. I told Jennifer yesterday, I said, I, you know, one of the things that I enjoy doing is taking on a lot of subjects that I feel like a lot of people won't. And I'm not saying it in a prideful way, but trying to come at things from a different perspective. Because I think it's a real thing when people go, well, you know, why did this person didn't work for this person? That's a real, a real thing that people have to work through, isn't it? I just want to help people as best as I can to set them up to walk out what Jesus has already done for them. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to lay hands on you this morning. you got a, quite a few of you. How many of you here came believing for a healing? Raise your hand. Miracle healing. Raise your hand. I mean. You're believing for something right now. And also, if you're here and you were the one with the livers, anybody, raise your hand at me right now. Who is that? Where is it at? Come on up here. I'm praying for you first. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I hear footsteps, but I still, there you are. You're coming, coming through. You can stand right down here. You don't have to come up here. You can stand on the floor down here. I'm going to come pray for you down here. Thank you, Father. Oh, my goodness. This must be God. You had a chief shirt on. <laughs> That's what it is. Father, in Jesus' name. I'm just going to put my hand right here in your liver. Father, in the name of Jesus, we command a new liver in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, restored in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now that every part of his liver is completely restored and healed in Jesus' name. Every symptom goes, Father, because he got a brand new liver in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now for the power of God flowing through him in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. When you go back and see doctors and stuff like that, well, I, I, it's fine. All right, we'll work with that. Praise God. Yep. Just so you know, I was asking him so I could get a testimony, written testimony from the doctor, but that's all right if you don't want to go back. Praise the Lord. Let's just wait on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Is there anyone here? I don't know if this is somebody here or if you got a family member. Uh, I, just brain tumor. Who is there anyone here like that? Thank you, Father. Raise your hand at me. Come on up here. Come on up here. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just going to curse this thing. It dies at the root. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Is that you or somebody you know? Your aunt, aunt? Okay. We got a prayer cloth. Somebody give me a prayer cloth. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jennifer, come up here with me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lay your hands on this. Father, in Jesus' name. What's your aunt's name? Or your aunt, excuse me. Ida. Ida. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up Ida to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for wholeness. We curse this condition. We command the tumors to die, Father, at the root, to disintegrate, to never come back. Father, we thank you from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Her body is cleansed and whole and healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You take that to her for me or get that to her? Yeah, you take this to her? Yeah, okay. What's going on with you? Okay. What about you? Okay. Okay, we need a bunch of prayer cloths. Okay, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I felt like this was more about family members. If, that, if you're here, though, don't, don't be fearful to come up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. All right, lay your hands on here. What's, what's this person's name? Linda. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak into Linda's body. We curse this condition. We command healing in Jesus' name. Disintegrate now, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. What's Father, we lift up Sandra in Jesus' name. We speak life into her body. We command the cancer to die in Jesus' name. We command the tumors to die in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everything to be restored. Everything to be restored in Jesus' name. Restoration. You take that. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Okay. All right. Give me that to her. Father, who is this? Mario. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak to Mario's liver. We command it to come alive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Restore heal in Jesus name amen what's going on with you okay father in Jesus name we speak to this condition and we command it to die we curse it in Jesus name father we thank you right now wholeness in Jesus name amen 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 thank you father okay sorry what's going on Brandy, Father, in Jesus' name, we speak to Brandy. And Father, we thank you. The life of God begins to flow through her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Okay. What's going on? Is brain tumor? Okay. Father, we just thank you that the anointing is tangible, present, Father. And the Lord drives out all sickness, disease in her body in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you're here, hold on just a second. Thank you, Father. I don't know what time you guys get out. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and begin to thank him real quick. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Father. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to explain what I feel like I'm getting from the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to put this in words. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as simple as I can because I don't know how to explain it because I don't know what it is. But somebody, I'm just going to say this, the back of your tongue. Who is that? Come on up here. Come on up here. Who is that? It's in the back of your tongue. Thank you, Father. I, I don't know how to explain it because I don't even understand it, even though I'm, I'm experiencing it but not understanding it. Thank you, Father. You know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's How long has it been there? Yeah. Father, in Jesus' name, we just command healing right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This curse is, Father, this condition is cursed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you do something to, to check it out? No. What? It's, it's gone. And when it was there before? Yeah, praise God. It's gone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. What's going on? your hands on her stomach. Father, in Jesus' name, we just curse it in the name of Jesus. Top of her head, soles of her feet right now. And you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. Tumor, you die. Right now, you die in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, let's do this. If you need a miracle and a healing, you go ahead and come up here. If the Lord, the Lord gives me something, let's just go from both sides. Let's make a line. Ushers, help me out here. We're going to just pray for you. If you need something, you may have to line up a little bit. Okay, step close. Mr. T told me to step close. And I don't mess with Mr. T. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Say, today's my day. He is faithful to me. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All right, Jennifer, you stay with me. Let's start down here. I'm going to pray for you. After I pray for you, once God has done ministering to you, I want you to begin to test yourself out. Everybody say, test myself out. Begin to do something that is hard for you to do or you cannot do. If you've got a situation you're believing God where you can't physically test something out, then go get a test. Do something to act on your faith, okay? You guys follow me this morning? All right, let's go. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Where are we starting at? Right here? Praise the Lord. Let me scoot, scoot through here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There you go.
I just saw um, Spirit of God was just showing me that there's it's like scales coming from people's eyes there's people there's some of you it's almost like you're shedding a skin hardened hardened skin and there's something there's something new and fresh in you that's coming out yield to that yield to that freshness let that old go let those scales come off maybe it is just starting and I, and I do want to encourage you if that's you certainly if you weren't thinking about coming back tonight please do keep coming back allow the word of God and what the spirit of God is doing in you just allow your heart to receive what he's doing in you that word of God is coming alive in your heart Hallelujah. Well, if you've been ministered to and you're testing yourself out, can you wave your hand at me if you can tell the difference in your body? Wave your hand at me right now. Hands waved up there. Praise the Lord. God's doing something. If you could just meet Steve or T over here on the side. Can you come? They're going get, to get your, get your testimony. Come over here to the side. And also, <clears throat> praise God. Is there any more prayer cloths? I've got a few more people I've got to pray for that have requested on contact us online that they want me to pray for them. Yep, thank you. Come here, Jennifer. While you guys are coming up, we're going to pray for a few more people. Come here, Jennifer. What? Okay, give me just a second. Come on up here. You, hold on, sir, not you. You stay down. You stay down. I'll come get you. I'm confusing here, aren't I? Yeah, that's all right. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for the anointing that is tangible. And Father, we thank you right now that as these, these cloths go into people's body, that it strike, takes out sickness and disease and wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, sir, I'll come meet you down there now. Praise the Lord. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you right now, the life of God flowing through him, bringing healing and deliverance. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for restoration. In Jesus' name. Youth renewed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. Amen. He is not your problem. Amen. He'll never be your problem. Amen. But he sure is your way out. How many believe that? Amen. How many of you today needed to hear this message this morning? Yes. Oh, good. I'm glad I didn't miss God then. Amen. Come on up. Who you got? What's going on, T? Oh, over there, I can't see. You guys raise your hands and now you're going to get shy on me. Don't do that. Come on. Praise God. If you, if you can tell a difference in your body, come on up here and we want to testify of what God has done for you. Praise the Lord. Praise God.
Last time we were here, you guys lined up real quick. So what the shy crowd came today, huh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, jeez, I'm going to step over this thing. Praise God. What is going on? Sorry, I said I have three herniations um, between my neck and my back from car accidents. I've had four epidurals with childbirth. Um, I work in the emergency room at Waterman. I was pulling a patient out of a car a couple weeks ago, and I have had excruciating neck and back pain since then to the point that I have had to be on a heating pad all the time, uh, get back massages almost every day just to get up and go to work. And, um, it, and it's been causing such bad migraines that even on my days off, I've had to like sit in a chair and just wait for the migraine to go. I have no neck pain, no back pain right now, and no headache. Oh wait, praise God. How, how long has it been like that? Um, it, I've had the back pain and the neck pain for years. But, like it, it was, I could still get up and I could function, but like the last few weeks have been so bad that even the sciatic nerve, I was like limping home at the end of my 12 hour shift. And, and you had that today? You came? Yes. Yeah. Every, every day. Every day, constant. Every day for the last few weeks. Yeah. And after you got prayed for, it was gone. Yes. Are you happy? Yes, I can turn my head without the pain shooting Praise through my God. neck. Praise God. I'm happy for you. Thank you. He's faithful, isn't he? Thank Amen. Praise God. Let's just give glory to him. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. T, am I handing you this? All right. Thank you, Father. Oh. Um, I was diagnosed with possible Parkinson's, and they ruled that out and ruled it as a mutated gene with essential tremors, and I was having to take more and more epileptic medicine, and now my head doesn't shake. I Praise don't God. feel the tension. I don't feel the shaking in my body anymore. Yeah. Praise God. How, and how long, when did that start? Did you start noticing it? Uh, uh, yeah. Last year. Last year? It's yeah. been developing for several years, yeah. and it just got really And the tension's bad. going away? Yes. Yeah. Father, we just thank you for complete wholeness. In Jesus' name, complete wholeness. We speak to her body. We speak to her genes. We speak, Father, to her nervous system. And, Father, we thank you that it's completely done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Do you have more than what I know about, or are you going to share that no, one again? No, it's small yeah. compared to these, but it, I no, that, Whoa, 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 that, whoa, hold on. I know. Yeah, amen. That's right. Amen, that's right. Excuse me? No. Ain't small. No. You had a sore in your mouth yeah. for a year. Yeah, or more. Or more. You came here with a sore in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. We prayed for you. That's right. And the sore disappears. It's gone. I've never seen a sore on its own just disappear in a matter of seconds. I'm just saying. And it, it's gotten worse lately, and yeah. it developed white around it and so forth. And uh, It developed what? White around what it. What is that? I don't know, but I was going to have it checked, but I don't need to now. Yeah, see, I, could, I couldn't explain what was going on with it. I, 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 yeah. I didn't know how to put in words. I don't even know what word you use. Yeah. Of my, I'm still working on the English language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I also prayed for my uh, brother-in-law who yeah. has just been, or he's had a lot of problem with yeah. liver. 
and now he's going to have uh, looking into getting a transplant, and I'm yeah. believing he won't have to have Amen. that transplant. Amen. 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 Are you happy? I'm very happy. Jesus is good, isn't he? He, he cares oh, about a sore in the back of our yeah. mouth. Because you know nobody wants to live with that. Because yeah. that's painful. Yeah. 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 It's gone. It's gone. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's good. Amen. Let's just thank him. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Who's next? Chiefs fan. Yeah. You know, I'm from just south of Kansas City, so we like the Chiefs. You know, you was talking about praying yeah. while you were driving earlier. Yeah. I'm a retired over-the-road truck driver. Yeah. I pray, but I pray with my eyes open, brother. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad to know that if you're driving a truck especially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my daughter was the one that suggested this was going to be here. Yeah. I've been walking around like this because my liver has been bothering me. I'm, I'm filled full of liquid. Yeah. But the pain is I don't feel the pain right here. It's yeah. There's something going on right here. Something's happening. Yeah, and the pain's not. I mean, it, when I left this morning, it was hurting, but it's not hurting right now. Yeah. Not hurting. And does it, does it normally hurt because of what you're dealing all with? All the time. All, all the time. time. Yeah. So you never have a pain-free moment. No, and, and this lick, you know, this. Yeah. You see, I mean, that's not a beer belly. It's just liquid. You yeah, know, it's, it's and God's draining it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All that, Father, all that fluid is just going to come out of him, Father. I know this sounds gross to pray this, but, yes. Father, I think it flushes out when he uses yes. the restroom. Yes. I think he sweats it out. I think, yes. Father, whatever way he needs to do, Father, you thank you, Lord. It's just all coming out. I, I really believe you got a brand new liver, man. Amen. I believe it. Yeah, by the way, I had that word before I came to service today. So, praise God. Yeah. And during worship, the Lord brought it back up to me. What's going on here? Thank you, Lord. So, um, I've been struggling with a bad ankle and a bad knee. Uh-huh. And just struggling, and you prayed for me, and I actually got right up off that floor and just... Um, How long has it been bad? Uh, the ankle, three years. The knee, about a year and a half. And just constant pain, or just, yeah, just wouldn't it's move? Always, it's just always. In week and yeah, yeah. Just Praise issue, gone. But God, it's, yeah, and it's I gone. I just got right up off the floor, and that, I haven't been able to do that in a couple of years now. That's awesome. So praise praise God. God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody else going to be bold enough to testify? Or are we all going to play the shy game today? I, I know some of you were, I, I saw through the light in the back. I saw some of your hands. You guys up front, I, you get away with it. I can't see you. Yeah, praise God. We got another one, T? Yeah, okay, come on up here. Okay, so um, I've been dealing with back problems uh -huh. almost my whole life. Yeah. And um, the last year or so, my leg has got dead when I stand or okay. when I walk. And I believe it's gone. It's done. Yeah. Was it, was it causing you a problem this morning? Yes. Yes. And it's always causing you a problem? Uh, yes. Yeah. And right now it doesn't cause you a problem? No. It's gone. It's gone. It's Praise gone. God. Never and even gone. if it does, no, it's not, well, it's it's not gone. Go, we're just it's not gone. even going to go there. It's yes. not going to. We don't, we don't give them that loophole. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing. So, did the doctors ever tell you why? No, you know? I'm, I think something is pinching. But it's nerve, not yeah. pinching anymore. It's not anymore. Whole and healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord. Thank you. That's it. Are you happy? Yes. I can tell. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Let's just thank him. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. How many of you know you're healed, but you don't want to testify? And if I promise I won't make you, you'll wave your hand. <laughs> oh, I see that one back there. Okay. Can you let somebody else know what God's done for you today? If you don't want to come hip here, tell somebody. Because that's one of the ways that we give glory to Jesus. Amen. 
You know, that is, we honor him by testifying. The Bible says that we overcome. And the blood of the lamb. The word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. You know what that means? It means we overcome by the gospel and what it has done for us. Amen. The power of the gospel. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bowed, no one looking around. I don't know you, so I do not want to assume. If you're here this morning or if you're watching online through live stream and you don't know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to make it very simple for you this morning to know that. The Bible says clearly that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, born without a sin nature, that he lived his life demonstrating who God is. Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Religion had hijacked who God was and told people that God was mad at them and angry at them, against them. But Jesus came and he flipped that narrative to the correct one. He showed the people that God was for them by healing them and forgiving them, delivering them, setting them free, revealing the love of the Father to them. It made the religious leaders of his day so angry because they did not want the people to follow him that they falsely accused Jesus, took him to court, and they sentenced him to die. They beat Jesus with a whip 39 times. Historians say that that whip that they would use would tear a person's guts open. That Jesus had to hold him inside. He was beaten so badly. They made a crown of thorns to mock him, shoving it on his head, saying, mocking him as being a king. They beat him. They spit on him. They plucked his beard out. And finally, they took his hands, and with nine-inch nails, they hammered it through a wooden cross. And they hung him to die. Scripture says that Jesus could have called down angels to take him off that cross, but he knew that there was a law that God himself had made that without the shedding of innocent blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The blood of a mere human being could not wash away our sins. It couldn't forgive our sins. The blood of an animal couldn't forgive our sins, but only the pure innocent blood of the Son of God, born of a virgin without a sin nature, could be the sacrifice of our sins. So Jesus knew you would need a savior and healer. So he, he stood on, he, he hung on that cross for you and for me. The last words he says was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said that so you could say, my father, my father, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. The Bible says that he died for our sins. Romans chapter 4, 25 says he died for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. Three days later, the spirit of God came into the lifeless body and raised him from the dead. Why? Well, there's been many, many miracle workers that have lived. There's been people who work miracles, not of the Spirit of God, but other things. There's been people who have died. There's been people who have been resurrected, but only Jesus was the only man without a sin nature who did all the above. And he raised so that you could be justified. The word justified literally means just as you've never sinned. Never to be found guilty again. The Bible says when you believe on Jesus, what he did for you, the gospel I just shared with you, and with your own mouth, you confess him. That the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead comes and dwells inside your eternal spirit, and you become a child of the living God. Man, when a child of God dies, they know their home is heaven with God forever. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, you don't know without a doubt that the Spirit of God lives in you, that you have been born again, made a child of God because you believed in what Jesus did for you by shedding his blood and raising from the dead. On the count of three, will you raise your hand at me? On the count of three, one, two, three. Is there anyone here like that? Raise your hand at me. Wave it big for me because these lights are bright. Anyone here? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Father, we thank you right now. Anyone else?
that you, have, you want to call on Jesus this morning. I want you to take a really bold step. If you raise your hand, can you just stand up in your seat where you're at for me? No one looking around. And I want to pray with you. Will you come up here so I can pray with you personally? I'm not going to make you speak into the microphone, nothing like that. But if you'll come up and meet me here down low, I'll meet you and let's pray together. And if you're online today, you're going to pray with us as well too. And I want you to make sure online today, if you're live, watching by live stream, that you make a comment in there today that you received Jesus. By the way, if you were healed on, and you were listening to live stream, then please let us know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, Father. You guys, I'm so thankful you guys came up. I'm not going to pray for you, but I'm going to lead you in a prayer because the scripture says you with your own mouth must confess Jesus as Christ. Can we all pray this together, the whole congregation at home pray this with me? Let's say this together. Oh God, God, I believe believe that Jesus is your son, that he died on the cross, cross. that he shed his blood blood. so that my sin would be forgiven, forgiven. that he raised from the dead dead. so that I would be justified. Thank you, Jesus, for making me a child. I declare today that Satan's bondage is broken in my life as I serve Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap this morning. Praise God. The Bible says clearly that you have just transformed from darkness to light. Listen, heaven's great, but God wants to do great things in your life right now. Do they have any more tea that they need to go with? Do you want to take them with? Or? Yeah, thank you. All right, you guys, I'll let you take it. And if you prayed, God bless you guys. And if you prayed online, make sure you let us know. Uh, Pastor Shannon, we are through. I don't have anything else to do unless you tell me to.